Hi, it's David. Just thought I would go through some hybrid that's come across my desk during the year, some of which I've reviewed, talked on Talking Tech about, or even mentioned in some of the exploring webinars that I do for Vision Australia. So these sort of started off as recent items and then it got a bit random as I was adding more to the list. So of course I'm probably going to start off with the new, newish stuff and then um, it'll gradually get slightly a little bit more random as I go down the list. And hopefully for some of these next year I'll be doing some more in-depth podcasts on them. So particularly stuff for the Mac and the Apple Watch. And by the way, if you can hear random noises like birds, planes, my wind chimes, I'm currently sitting outside in my karate dojo area that I've got now set up for practicing karate. So I'm currently sitting at a very nice table in a comfy chair and I thought, well, whilst I'm outside working, I might as well do a podcast. So here we go. And I know Apple in particular calls these new devices. I'm going to call them updates. So of course we have the update to the new Apple TV and of course there's two models. There's a, a non Ethernet version and then an Ethernet and uh, Wi-Fi version. Update AirPods Pro 2 and what gets me excited about that in particular is the fact that the charging case now has the audio signal in it for charging and also DVUs with Find My if you want to track down your charging case so that's actually really really cool. Update Apple Watch 8 and of course People on the web have been saying that the innards for this are effectively the same as the 6, 7 and 8. The Apple Watch Ultra, which is Apple venture into the sports watch market. And for me in particular, I love the fact that the actions buttons is on the side so I can actually launch in my case, workouts with my custom routine workouts. The two speakers on the side are very good for when I have to chit chat to people via the watch. And I do like the larger digital crown on the right hand side and the side button. And of course, let's not forget the updates to the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Pro and remember as the continuation of Apple's support to LiDAR you still need the Pro version of the phone but if you're really not too fussed about LiDAR or, or future-proofing yourself then the iPhone 14 is more than okay. And that's pretty much all I want to say for Apple at the moment. These are two things that I have not seen myself and that's the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro. Um, I've just tended to always stick with Samsung phones so I've still got my lovely Z3 flip from last year but I'm yet to investigate any Pixel phones. So if you're into the Pixel universe where you like getting the latest and greatest in Android phones, you get the releases of course because it's a Google phone, um, then absolutely go for it. And then of course alongside the Pixel 7 and the Pixel 7 Pro, we had the Pixel Watch. And 
It's still like the Samsung watches in a way. They really haven't got there compared to what the Apple Watch does. I know it's got Fitbit in it, and Fitbit stuff works really nicely. So if you want to, I guess, a Fitbit watch, then you've got yourself an accessible talking Fitbit watch in the Pixel Watch. Some stuff from Amazon. Um, we've got the new Amazon Echo Dot 5, the updated Echo Studio, so they're probably the two main ones that stood out for me uh, to do with those two products. Remembering that the Echo Dot 5, if you've got an existing error network, um, so the hardware for it, then this will expand your network. So effectively you end up with a bit of a niche network. Moving on to the good old Samsung stuff. Now just remember, some of this stuff is sort of from last year coming into this year. So um, if you say, oh, well, hang on, David, that stuff's been around for more than a year or in one case about 12 years, um, this is the first time I've really got my hands on this stuff in Australia. All right, so you'll have to be... Forgive me if you wish to being part of the Southern Hemisphere and sort of getting stuff eventually. All right, so the Samsung Z4 flips out, and again, I have no interest in that new phone because my Z3 works fine. And again, with the Samsung Z4 Fold, I've also got no interest in that particular one. And of course, the Galaxy Watch 5. Um, my Galaxy Watch 4 was disappointing enough, so um, I haven't upgraded to the 5. Uh, Microsoft updating its Surface tablets and Surface laptop line, as well as the new audio dock. So that sounds a little bit interesting from Microsoft with that new audio dock. Then we've got a pretty brand new device, uh, which is called the ARX Vision. So this is similar to the Envision glasses. And what it effectively is, it's an object recognition system. So it looks at the environment and does things like scene detection, object detection, face detection, QR code detection, and all that sort of stuff. And you can switch between different modes. And I, you know, I think personally myself, it's the first time I've ever used scene detection, which has got a bit more of artificial intelligence behind it and uh, works really effectively. So if you're interested in that, have a look up RX Vision on the net and uh, have a read about it. But it's a really interesting product. At the moment, as I'm doing this podcast, it only supports Android. Uh, it probably does get a little bit warm. It certainly makes the phone a bit warm. But overall, I think it's a great product and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes in the future. What got me excited more this year when I got my hands on it was the speech now available on the Bryant BIX20 and, of course, the Bryant BI40X range. So not only do you have applications talking in the brain itself, such as the editor and so on, but when you have items connect, it also tells you verbally. Now, by the way, you can turn this stuff off if you don't want speech at any time using keyboard command. And I like it because when I turn it on in the morning for work, it rambles on and says, David's work iPhone connected, David's iPad 1 connected, David's iPad 2 connected, 
David's MacBook Pro connected, David's MacBook Air connected, and finally David's Mac Mini connected. So without having to sort of go and investigate to make sure that things are connected like I had to do usually before, I can just happily just sit there and listen to it all connect. And of course, it also connects to Wi-Fi to update and so on. So that's a really nice update that makes my use of the Bryant much more efficient. And of course, the other thing that came out of humanware was the new Stellar Trek. And that's a dedicated GPS system. So unlike the Victor Trek, which is still available, and that's the combined, if you like, Victor Reader Stream and GPS, so the Trek part of it, this is a dedicated GPS system only. And I must say, I quite like it. It's also got the L1 and the L5 radio signal in it for GPS location. And of course, that's what the uh, iPhone 14 that have got in it as well now. And that's supposed to work better in high density areas, tall buildings, shattering of trees. And did I just say shattering? Shattering of trees. Uh, so it's supposed to work quite nicely. I've only tried it out in this suburban area. Um, and, you know, overall, it, it certainly does, you know, definitely what the Victor Reader Trek does, but probably a little bit more accurate. But uh, that's based on my own personal opinion. So just see how you go yourself. The Hable One keyboard, which has been around, I guess, for a little while now. Um, people are getting it and it's becoming more and more popular. And of course, this is a little custom keyboard for Android and iOS. You've got six Braille keys in a column of Braille, if you like. So you've got one, two, three going on the left-hand side, four, five, six going on the right-hand side, and you've got dot seven to the left of dot three and dot eight to the right of dot six. And you navigate by a combination of all those buttons on the keyboard. It's quite tiny. It's based off or runs off USB-C. They're looking at making it easier to update as I go to air this week. So if, when I get the new hardware in my hands, I'll definitely do a podcast on it. But And it's nice and light. It feels like a little controller that you'd have for a game console. So that's something else to have a look at if you're looking at. Now, the next one I want to talk about, and I know this has been around for a long time, but it's amazing how when you hear things described on the web or even in a YouTube video or demo, and then you get the hands on something and you think, wow, this is nothing like I thought it was going to be. So this is called the Bradley timepiece, and I know it's been around for, I think it's a good decade now, um, but this is the timepiece that you have the ball bearings. So you have a ball bearing running around a groove in the middle, and that's for your minutes. And then you have a groove around the outside, which is your hours for that ball bearing. And then you have these very bold tactile markers at... 12, 3, 6, and 9, and smaller tactile markers in between it. So it almost feels like a compass that you're feeling. Like I said, it's very bold markers. It's a very bold, sort of well-constructed, well-made watch. Um, it's got a little crown on the side that you can pull out and set the time via the different ball bearings. You can fairly well tell the accurate time by the placement of the ball bearings near the minutes on the watch face of course going between you know 12 1 2 and 3 and so on the hours are not too bad the only problem is on the classic one i find when the ball bearing gets above the crown 
then you haven't got much of a space in between the ball bearing and the crown. But besides that, it's a fantastic watch. Easy to change the bands on. Easy to drop the bands. They've got different bands available. I've actually got both the classic and the modern, and it's a beautiful watch. And in actual fact, my daughter, who's into being geeky as well, she's also got the Bradley watch, and she's a cider person, so she loves it. Oh, and another thing about the modern watch, you can change the ring. You've got the, the classic ring, and then you change the whole face over to the new ring. So rather than having the ring in the middle and the tactile markers around the outside, you've got a sunflower um, with the actual thing going around in the middle and that makes it absolutely beautiful probably a little bit hard to actually feel the ball bearing uh, for the minutes but a beautiful watch face that you can change when you need to so that's really really cool now another thing that's been around for a while is the blind shell classic 2 and that's actually been really good for us at vision australia because a lot of people that don't want a fully functioned smartphone but what a feature phone with a few more options in it, uh, then the Blindshell Classic 2 is absolutely fantastic. Of course, this is the phone where you've got the real keys on it for the keypad, and you've got some navigation keys up the top. And one of the things I love about this phone, it's actually got a built-in FM radio. So when you plug in your earphones, you can listen to the good old-fashioned terrestrial radio not just the internet radio which it also supports the other new product that i came across this year is the strap tech orientation and mobility device now this is the device that you wear on your chest you've got a number of sensors uh, so you've got one around your chest on either side one near your shoulder blades on either side on the strap and then you've got the the main unit in the middle which vibrates so where things vibrate is where the object is coming my one's been a little bit faulty so i've still yet to send mine back um, but uh, you know overall it, it's an interesting device to have a look at and again see where it goes in the future I must admit they've got to update the way it gets updated because at the moment you've got to have a certain type of router which is very annoying um, so if you're interested in buying one I would check if that's changed because I think it, it really should be updated at least via a smartphone or a PC uh, not the way that they want you to do it this other device I understand that's been around for a while and this is the any braille tutor now this is the one where you had this unit and you had these huge big braille dots in the traditional cell then you had a line of smaller like a little six dot braille display that also replicated what was being shown in the the big dots on the cell on the left hand side then it had a braille keyboard and then below that it had a stylus type input that you could use the stylus to do slate or what we call in australia handwriting so it looked like a really good device and the software on it was really good for teaching braille so you know it would pop up dot one in the big cell up the top um by the way sorry i forgot to mention there was two big braille cells so you could actually practice and learn braille and then you could then learn to read the normal size braille on a little six cell braille display so it sounded really good unfortunately the two units we got um were hard to update when it got jammed software wise it was really hard to reset uh, so that was a bit annoying and it also the fact that you couldn't update it or fix it very effectively so that's probably going to go away from my desk at the moment because it's just not quite there and here in Australia we really don't use the slate 
or the hand frame style of tension bra anymore. So they might do that in Europe, but we certainly don't do it really in Australia anymore. Now for phones, or for people, so for phones that are in Australia, for people that live in Australia uh, and are particularly low vision and want a good low vision phone, and again, don't want a smartphone, but just want a feature phone, these were the updates to the Olitech range of phones. So they were things like the Olitech bar phone. So remember those old bar phones in the past that had your traditional keyboard, a good size little screen, easy to read, had high contrast on it. Well, these are like those phones. Then you've got the traditional flip phone. If you So if you ever had the old Nokias that used to flip, you just open it up and then close it to, to shut it down. This is the same way these flip phones work. And the one that I like in particular about these flip phones is you open it to answer it, close it to hang up. And of course, the one that I quite like, and this is really good for people in retirement villages and so on, it's actually a mobile phone, but it's in the desktop version. So you pop it in, a SIM card inside it, you have it on your desk like a normal telephone, it's got huge keys on the keyboard, it's got a nice large LCD screen, it's got memory keys, it's got an SOS button, all the cool stuff you'd expect on a stroke desktop stroke mobile phone. Um, but for the, as far as the person's concerned, you're using a, an old-fashioned wired desktop telephone. So you pick up the handset, you dial the number, you chat to the person, put the handset down, hangs it up. Somebody rings you, you pick up the handset, have a chat, you finished, you put the handset down. So that's the desktop version. And of course, being a mobile phone, if you do want to use the numbers on the keyboard to do your classic T9, so, you know, twos, A, B, C, three, D, E, F. So if you wanted to do A, you'd press two once. If you wanted to do B, you'd press two twice and so on. So that's there as well if you want to send and receive text messages. And of course, for low vision people, it's also got a contact address book in it. And for all those phones, I think I'm right in thinking, and I might be a little bit wrong, but I know the desktop version has it. You've also got an FM radio. So I just wish um, that particular smartphone users like Samsung, like Google and like Apple um, got rid of the FM chip. Now, the other product we got this year, um, and again, it's probably been around for a little bit longer than what it's been in Australia. This is called the Vision Buddy. So if you've seen something like the Iris Vision wearable headset, um, it's like that. So whereas the Iris Vision is really aimed at magnification and watching the TV, so to speak, this one is geared towards streaming content that comes straight to the glasses. Um, and then you can literally watch the screen right in front of your eyes. Now, one thing that's a bit misleading about this product, it sounds like it connects to a TV. What it actually really does, it connects to a streaming service. So if you've got a set-top box or a Foxtel box, you've got a an Amazon Fire TV stick, an Apple TV, you've got a Google Chromecast, etc., etc. then those are the things that stream to the Vision Buddy. So if you like, it's independent from your physical hardware TV. So you effectively don't need a TV in your lounge room at all. You could just watch everything you want off the Vision Buddy 
connected by its little box to whatever device you've got plugged in. And the other thing it also does is two things. You can stream from your gaming console. So your Xbox or your PlayStation, and you can also plug it into your personal computer. So that completes my bit of a list so far coming up to the end of October 2022. And as you probably already realised, I see davidwoodbr.podbean.com is up and running again. So that's me done for this demo. As always, thanks for listening and bye for now.